socially distanced, as well as all the folks online on Zoom. Welcome to our church. You can find our church lyrics at civalhambra.org.com. civalhambra.com forward slash Sunday. You can also find the sermon notes and our connection card. We're going to start off today with some singing and worship, so I invite you all to stand and let's worship our God together. Fortress, 
you go before us nothing can stand against the power of our god you shine in the shadows you win every battle nothing can stand against the
right, let's take a seat and welcome Jeremy for some announcements. Good morning. Welcome everybody to Church in the Valley. Uh, for those of you that are here in person, those of you who join us online, we're glad you taken the Sunday morning to be with us this morning. If I, I was given, I was thinking this morning as we were uh, singing, if I was given the control over the world thermostat and could lock it in place, this morning's temperature would be what I would lock it in and no one would ever be allowed to change it to make it colder or warmer. But thus, I will enjoy it for the time that it is. Um, if you're a guest with us this morning, uh, we're really glad that you came with us. And so we have a gift for you. Over there at the, to the left of mine is a guest resource table. And there's a book called How Good is Good Enough. And so if you've ever wondered that question, like, is it, you know, above the curve of 50% or, you know, better than your peers, better than everybody, you know, in history or what, what that might look like, that is a great book to pick up. And uh, hopefully you'll get some answers in that book on how good is good enough. So feel free to grab a copy of that uh, and take one for family or friend if you like that as well. Um, also, uh, some other things on that guest resource table are... Uh, lyrics to the songs that we're singing this morning, as well as connection cards and the program handout. If you didn't get one of those when you walked in, there's extra on that table. And if you have kids and you would like coloring resources or uh, things for them to play with, there's some stuff on that table as well. And then if you want to access any of those things online, you can go online to civalhambra.com uh, forward slash Sunday, and you can get all those uh, digitally as well. And speaking of... Uh, you know, the handouts and the connection cards, there's going to be some buckets, one over there at the guest resource table, as well as there are going to be a couple in the back here and one over to my right-hand side. So uh, when you fill out that connection card, just to let us know about things going on with you or things you're wanting to get more information about or prayer requests, you can drop those in those buckets uh, on your way out. And we would love to be able to get you information, be praying for you and letting you know things that are going on in the weeks ahead. Um, a few other announcements coming up in uh, Church Life as well is we have our Discover CIV class. That's going to be uh, April 18th, uh, Sunday, April 18th. Um, my wife and I's anniversary, so I'll be able to remember that date. And that class is going to be uh, for, for any of you guys that are trying to figure out um, if you're not a member yet and you think, well, I'd like to learn more about CIV and what it means to be a member, how to join in and accomplish what we're doing here uh, as a church. That'd be a great class to go to and to get some more information about. And that's going to be uh, from 11.30, I believe, to, uh, um, to 2 p.m. Sorry, the font is just a little bit bright for me to read uh, on the screen. But uh, lunch will be provided as well as childcare, And you can sign up for that on your connection card. That way we make sure there's plenty of food and child care provided for you if you need that. And so that's going to be Sunday, April 18th uh, after church. And uh, the Sunday after that, April 25th, we're going to be having our parent-child uh, uh, dedication overview. And that's going to be at 1130 uh, here at the Alhambra, just immediately uh, following service. And uh, that is for the overview of the parent-child dedication that's going to be happening on May 9th, Mother's Day. And if you've never uh, been to one of those overviews, but you're wanting to dedicate one of your children, that would be a great uh, overview to come to and just learn more about that. Um, it's an opportunity here at Church in the Valley and those uh, child dedications just to be able to commit that you're wanting to raise your kids in a way that's really uh, going to help them get to know and follow Jesus and that you're uh, wanting the help of the community here as you go along that journey because it's a lot of work raising kids and helping them learn to walk with Jesus. And so uh, that's what that's going to be for. And you can sign up on your connection card for that overview as well if you're wanting to attend that. 
Um, once again, we're glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, before Rick comes up to deliver another message, we're going to worship some more. So let me pray for us, and then we'll jump into that. Father, thank you. Uh, thanks for this just beautiful day this morning. Thanks for uh, the opportunity to get to know you. Thanks for all the help that you provide in not only uh, living our own lives, but helping our, our kids and those around us uh, live life in a way um, that not only that's pleasing to you, but really a blessing to others. And so we pray this morning that uh, you'd really be honored, not just with the words of our mouths, but with the, the meditations and the, the thoughts of our hearts. And uh, may you really just um, speak to us through Rick and help us to really learn more about who you are and how we can trust you and follow you in the different areas of life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Jeremy. Let's stand and continue to worship God.
tonight today and speak directly into our hearts reveal any sin patterns in our lives and change us from the inside out we pray in jesus holy name amen all right let's welcome up rick I loved each of those songs that we sang, especially that one where we just got to sing praises to God's names. Um, God likes it when we call him names and honor him. So those, that song was especially precious. Uh, 
You know, we're a week after Easter. And if you're reading the Gospels, Jesus spent that week making appearances, showing his disciples he's alive. And my prayer this morning is that uh, the Lord will appear to you and make himself known to you as uh, alive and living. And when you leave this place, you'll say, you know, I went to worship and it's always pretty good, but not today. It was extra special. I sense that the Lord spoke to me personally. Now, I don't know if you guys in Zoomland can see this, but these two trees are way different than they looked last week. I have this friend who since we've been in the pandemic, I don't think he's cut any hair on his head or his face. You can hardly see who he is because of uh, the hair. And that's what this trees were like last week. But they've been pruned this week, and they've been pruned the right way. Uh, unschooled persons like me, sometimes I think pruning is just the outside. No, if a tree is effectively pruned, they crawl up on the inside and prune from the inside out. And uh, you can see they did a lot of pruning because uh, the shrubbery below that is kind of crushed and been roughed up because of all the stuff that's fallen down. Uh, but it's like you can now see what the tree is. You can see its treeness. I don't know if that's even a noun, but uh, you can see the limbs and the leaves. And I, I guess the tree's probably sore, um, but going to be very happy, uh, as we'll see in the months ahead, uh, as that fresh new life comes in. In uh, John chapter 15, uh, Jesus talks about him being the true tree, the tree of life, the vine. And he says, we're the branches. And, and he says, my father is the George, the Georgos, uh, the dresser, the pruner. And he wants to crawl up inside our lives, uh, today even, and prune away that which brings no fruit. You know, I used to, my first full-time job, I worked in the orange groves out by Riverside. And one of the things they taught us to cut away is something um, that it just springs up through the tree. It's the fastest growing thing. It grows out from the trunk, and it's just called a sucker. It'll actually grow so fast it shoots out the top of the tree, but it has absolutely no fruit ever. It just pulls out the nutrients. And so you see one of those? Just cut it off. Even though it's the greenest thing on the tree, it never bears fruit. And so may, you know, the Lord be your George walking by his spirit inside you. And if you've got something that's sucking the life out of you, um, it's the fastest growing thing in your life, but it's not fruitful. It's not productive. It doesn't glorify the Lord. Uh, you know, just let the Lord cut it and leave it on the ground. So um, I'm going to pray for us in just a minute, but I, we're going to get to Psalm 90. Uh, looking at the psalm that the only psalm of the 150 psalms that is attributed to Moses. Now that is not to say Moses was a one-hit wonder. Actually, he has three songs in in the Bible. Uh, the first one he was a duet. You know, charted very high with his uh, sister uh, Miriam right at the end. Hovi, you might want to take this in, into mind. Uh, Moses sort of sings the whole song until it gets to the end. And then Miriam jumps up with a tambourine with the other uh, ladies in her group. And they sing this great chorus about the horse and rider falling in the sea in God's triumph. 
Uh, so that duet charted very well. Uh, then you get to uh, Deuteronomy, that's in Exodus 15. Then you get to Deuteronomy, Moses has a solo again. Oh, and it is a super blues song until you get to the end. And there's some happy thoughts there. Um, but the, the first part's pretty rough. And that may be why they waited, you know, 90 Psalms into the book of Psalms for, you know, for they gave the mic to Moses. And, you know, we have the record of that. Um, let's pray together. Lord, may your spirit take the leadership and lordship of our life, our minds, our thoughts, our patterns. And Lord, we'd like to give you permission. Appear to us, Jesus, as the risen living Lord and uh, the true vine in our life, what's true and, and would bring fruit. Um, and may we feel the spirit clipping and pruning anything in our lives that doesn't please and glorify you. Uh, this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, the word, you know, you know the phrase reality check? Uh, it actually first appears, at least in English, in uh, the 60s. And a reality check is something that corrects misconceptions by clarifying reality. And Psalm 90 kind of posits the notion that uh, worship, real worship, is a reality check. And so, you know, reach over your shoulder and pat yourself on the back. You're here for worship. You can expect reality check. When you leave this place, people are going to see you and recognize you've been in the presence of reality. And you walk different, you're speaking different, you're caring different. So, well done uh, being here for worship. Um, and it, it starts off, and I'm, I'm not going to read through all 17 verses, uh, but I just pick some highlights out. You can go back and study it yourself. I hope you will uh, do that. Uh, but it starts out, Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. Now, there may be some real estate agents here. You know, the mantra of a real estate agent, location location and location you're in the right location this morning um, but Moses's notion is not that the location was Palestine the location is not the wilderness the location is not Egypt the location is the Lord he needs to be our home address him he's the place Life is lost until you find your location in the Lord. You're just wandering. But when you find and live in that location in the Lord, Moses said, your life will be real and solid. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man to destruction and say, return, O children of men. God lives forever, but, you know, disclaimer, Life is short for us. Um, don't write this number down, but I'll give it to you. 24,549. 24,549. A little bit later, we're going to get to the most famous verse in this psalm. Uh, teach us to number our days. So this morning, I brought up the calculator on my phone, and I am at day 24,549. 
I counted them up. Um, that's a lot of days. Um, but today is the one that counts. To have a heart of wisdom in seeking the Lord. Uh, Rob Bell tells the story of the church. This woman would always come to him with a piece of paper and have a number on there. Sometimes it was quite low. One, three, seven. Sometimes she made it into triple digits, 101, 102. But she never told him what the number was. And he found out later that the way she was counting her days was how many days since she had cut herself. Um, a friend of mine counts his days by how many days he's been sober. And just a couple of weeks ago, that it wasn't the day, but it was the year, He's in 38th year of sobriety. But at that meeting, some of the celebration was for people who were in their first day of sobriety, counting the days for wisdom. Uh, God lives forever, but our earthly lives are short. Now, that word return, circle that somewhere. It's, uh, it, it's the Hebrew word shuv. And there are two shoes in this passage. Uh, this verse, verse 2, but then in, down to verse 13, it comes up again. Uh, it's the subject of the verb that really is the dramatic difference. And this, this word means to turn, return, U-turn. Um, it's a very powerful word all through the Old Testament. Shuv. The capacity to shuv. Uh, I remember the first time I paid attention uh, to uh, the gear shift and the letters. And my uncle was showing me the letters, and I remember the R. And he told me the R stands for race. <laughs> um, but it actually doesn't stand for that. It stands for reverse. Uh, I was a little worried about somebody who's very precious to me that on her transmission dial, she had no R. She didn't know how to reverse. Um, do you know how to reverse? Do you know how to make a U-turn when you're going the wrong way? Do you know how to back up? Um, uh, return, O children of men. And the, uh, the notion here is from the book of Genesis, when Adam is made from the dust from the dirt, from the hummus, which we get the word, not, not that kind, chickpea hummus, but, you know, the, the earth. Uh, return to dust. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. At funerals, that verse is often quoted. Return to the dust. Um, and God doesn't let us live forever. Now, the dates is going to be, you know, 70 to 80 years that comes in this, in this passage, uh, in this psalm. You know, I think, but, you know, it's interesting. Moses, do you know how long he lived? 120 years. Uh, but the norm is 70 to 80. And that really, you, if you look up Google, you know, you, longevity in the U.S., longevity in uh, Canada, whatever, it comes in pretty much right there on target. Um, now, why does God put a limit? Verse 7, for we have been consumed by your anger and by your wrath. We're terrified. 
Now, part of my job, our, our jobs, is to help God's reputation. You know, the commandment, commandment number three, you know, don't misuse the Lord's name, his reputation. Let's make his name famous. Well, the public place uh, tries to give God a bad name because he's a God of wrath and anger. And Moses is right straightforward. Yeah, you don't want a God who doesn't have wrath and anger. You don't want a God who doesn't get upset when there's injustice and lying and selfishness. You don't want that kind of God. You don't want a God who just, you know, pats pedophiles on, on the back. Well, it's okay. You'll do better. You don't want that. Uh, you need a place of containment for people who will not repent of that kind of life of theft and cheating and corruption. Um, you know, the next time somebody says to you, oh, no, no, I don't want to read the Bible. An, it talks about the God of wrath and anger. And I said, that's the kind of God you need. A God of justice. Now, he has love, but he's just and he has mercy, Moses says. Uh, but it says, we've been consumed by your anger and by your wrath. We're terrified. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. Now, we, we declare as, or at least I do, I, you know, my, I'm a trained uh, theologian. And uh, we assert that these words are not just human words. God uses human authorship, but he inspires it. He supervises it. So we can say, you know, it's a... It's, it's an inerrant, inspired work, a God-inspired, God-breathed book. Um, but did you ever read a verse in Scripture and say, oh, I wish I hadn't said that that way? It hurts. You know, it says, his, um, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. You know, God is light, and he brings our secrets in front of him. Um, are you desperate today that some people won't find out about your secret? Well, you've come to worship, and God is light. He's got your secret in front of him. Accountability for sins is serious. You know, it's given to men once to die, and then comes the judgment, and the books are open. And your stuff and my stuff, right out in the open. Accountability for sins is serious, and this is the reality check. Don't mock God. You cannot mock God. Whenever you and I live that as if we won't um, uh, receive the consequences of our action, that we can sow without reaping, we have left reality and gone to a, a sinful fantasy that won't work out. You know, I, can't, I have a, on my cell phone, I have a file where I have pages, it's called, Pages from the Neurotics Handbook. And to sow without expecting to reap is nonsense. It's not reality. It's fantasy. And it's a destructive fantasy. Judgment is coming. We do reap what we sow. Galatians 6, 7. For the days of our lives are 70 years. And if by strength, they are 80 years. I had a precious friend of mine. She just had her 80th birthday. And we all sent videos and greetings to her on her 80th birthday. So, you know, you can kind of put that as a benchmark out there. You know, one of you guys, check the math real quick. If you live 80 years, 365 days, how many days is that? Um, 
For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Now there's some, there's some math involved in here. There's some, there's some worldview stuff involved in here. For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. In other words, um, my mind will have focus as I recognize his wrath is real. God is hostile to sin and injustice. God is, is aware of that. And my respect for him, my reverence, my fear for him needs to be in accord, not more, not less, than the reality that God has wrath. Then I'll live a balanced life. Um, I remember asking a student of mine, Yvonne Pratt, who was this uh, uh, police person in San Francisco, uh, how do you handle it when you know your son and your grandson are going out? She's African-American. They're African-American. You know, in such a, a risky proposition, uh, you know, to be safe. And she, reser- she brought this verse up. I know, I trust God's righteous wrath. And I put my fear of life in that reference. And you and I are called to do the same thing. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. You know, because God is good, wisdom's possible. If God was not good, wisdom wouldn't work. Um, God is good, so his wrath, his just hostility to selfish patterns is never arbitrary, whimsical, or moody. God's not in a bad mood. He's just, and he's fair. Now, um, I don't know if you have a bucket list. You might want to put this on your bucket list. If ever up in Silicon Valley, and you got an hour or two to spare, there is in San, San Jose an Egyptian museum. It's called the Rosicrucian. Rosicrucians are sort of a unique society of um, Catholic men. And they, I don't know how they did this, but they secured this incredible sarcophagus from Egypt. In fact, this sarcophagus, this mummy is so valuable that if you go back a couple of years, Reader's Digest, not Reader's Digest, sorry, National Geographic did, you know, funded the putting that thing through um, an MRI or a CTI scan. They really checked it out, and it's the real deal. And then they put it back in, in the museum. What I love about this museum is you feel like you're going into T- King Tut's tomb because you, you go down these stairs, and there it is, this mummy, this sarcophagus. And then, you know, once you've taken your eyes off and look around, on the walls are these incredible Egyptian um, sort of mosaics, uh, frescoes, if you will. And one of them is really interesting to me because it's Pharaoh's judgment day. Now, I don't know which particular Pharaoh it was, but um, Pharaoh is coming up for judgment. And the worldview was your good deeds and your bad deeds are going to be weighed. And if your good deeds are more than your bad deeds, then you're welcoming into paradise. And back behind that good side of the scale, you know, just beautiful, delightful colors and foods and opportunities. On the other side, though, they have this giant crocodile from the Nile. It's a gigantic Godzilla-type crocodile. And it's licking its teeth, waiting for you in case your bad deeds outweigh your good deeds. 
Now, if I understand Islam correctly, they have that same notion of scale. Also, um, my wife stumbled, my wife and I stumbled into, um, I think it's on Netflix, a, a it's, it, it turns out now it's the most watched um, weekly show in Israel. It's called Shetizel. Anybody heard of this, seen this? S-H-T-I-S-E-L. And it's about Orthodox Jewish life um, in, in Jerusalem. Now, we like it because we get to see sites that we've been to and so forth, but it's also just very interesting, you know, with the earlocks and the black hats, all kinds of hats and long beards, uh, uh, you know, on the men. And, um, but in listening to this, there's one guy who's, he's an awful character, and he says to his wife, or maybe his daughter, because of some of the things and choices he's made, they're very selfish. He says, you know, I know I'm going to hell. You know, he can see some decisions he's made, and the scale is really weighted against him. But there is... I was waiting, I'm watching. There is no notion of grace and forgiveness there. It simply works salvation, self-salvation, if you like to say it that way. And most, I, I, I actually only know one religious system on the planet that says something different than that. And that's the gospel of Christianity, that there is good news. That's why it's good news. Not old news, it's good news. That Jesus is risen from the dead, and so that's the testimony of God. That our sins have been covered in Christ, um, and we can find new life in him. Um, now, in our culture, um, there's a, a new word that's come forward. Uh, it's actually probably starts in the middle of the 20th century, but this, this notion of wellness uh, right at the beginning of the 20th century, there was a book by, a little book by Max Weber, and he calls it, uh, talks about the Protestant work ethic. You, you, I'm sure you know that notion. Well, the culture has shifted now, and it's, it's not the Protestant work ethic, it is the workout method, <laughs> the workout ethic. And so this global wellness consciousness is you know, calling us to work out, to get better health, even better health than is possible to get better health. And if you follow Deepak Chakra, if you listen to him on occasion, he'll talk about having perfect health and even overcoming death. Well, that's, that's really uh, departing from the reality check of this psalm and it's really stepping into uh, a fantasy that's not going to work out and so there is a uh, a genetic scientist her name is um, Barbara Ehrenreich and she's written a book called Natural Causes you know when someone dies they have to put on the death certificate what they die of and they used to be able to put natural causes uh, but that doesn't appear that much anymore. And what um, Dr. Ehrenreich is saying is we need to remember something. Life ends. It's natural to die. And there's no escaping that. Um, she went on to uh, write another book 
um, that is the follow-up to that. I, I, I failed to write down the, the, the title of it, but she's not saying don't take care of yourself, but it's not possible to live forever. You know, there's a big sign as you go into Oakland on the 580 that talks about is your, are your savings sufficient that if you lived 150, you could have enough money to make it? Um, but uh, just a, another disclaimer, um, Jer Jerome Rodell is the man who founded the book, the, the magazine called Prevention. I've seen it, you know, you go to the, the dentist, that's one of those kinds of magazines that's there. Um, and he just, okay, let's see how to say this without putting the punchline before the, the deal. Just seconds before he died, he announced, I have just decided I'm going to live forever. And age 72, had a heart attack and died. Um, I need to so live today wisely that if this is the last day on earth, I know I have grace ahead of me. Um, I can trust the Lord for all things that have happened. Um, how about you? Uh, the scripture teaches that in Christ is our shalom, our peace. I don't know if anybody here is named Irene, but that's the Greek word for peace, and shalom is the Hebrew translation of that. And Jesus is our wellness. If I make him the center of my life, there'll be a wellness that'll spring up within me. I'll still die. It's given unto men and women, wants to die and then comes to judgment. But when I stand before the judge, he opens the books. You know, if it's just the scale, I wouldn't be surprised if my bad deeds are more than my good deeds. But there's another book, the Lamb's Book of Life, it's called. And my bad deeds are covered by the blood of Christ. My name's there in the Lamb's Book of Life. Jesus talks about that to his apostles. You know, you're excited that you had, you know, you, you, you had these healings and exorcism. But the big thing is that your names are written in heaven. And that's what the Lamb's Book of Life is about. Now, having heard that, verse 13, here comes the second shuv, the second return. Return, O Lord, how long? And have mercy on your servant. O satisfy us early with your mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days in which you've afflicted us, the years in which we have seen evil. Um, gladness can outweigh sadness in your perspective. Gladness can outweigh sadness in your perspective. Are you a pessimist? Are you an optimist? Or are you a realist? And a realist sees the bad stuff, but knows the good stuff is equal to or greater than the bad stuff. Are you in a tragedy or a comedy? The comedy is gladness outweighs the badness in the Lord. Joy comes when we see the good times balancing out the bad times. And, you know, especially in the midst of COVID, we need to hear that. We need to see that. We need to feel that. Now, this is deep theology. Do you mind? Doing a little deep theology. At the beginning of this psalm, God is saying to us, 
return to dust. At the end of the psalm, we are, we are invited to say to God, return, return. It's God that keeps, that made us alive to begin with. And it's God who will give us new life. And so no matter how much you feel like your life is turning to dust and ashes, in the name of Christ, you can cry out to your maker to remake you. Return, O Lord. Make me new. Make me new. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. Let the beauty of the Lord be upon us. Establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. In 1997, a man named Roberto Benigni was the first um, Oscar winner for, as best actor for all films. But it was in a film in which English was not the primary language. Life is Beautiful. Maybe you've heard of it. Seen, I recommend it. Life is Beautiful. And it's about a Jewish bookkeeper who is, he and his young son and his wife are captured uh, by the Nazis and thrown into a, a concentration camp. They go through the Holocaust. And this movie is called Life is Beautiful. Now, how can that possibly be if it's a movie about the Holocaust? And actually... Uh, Roberto Bignigni, who shared the writing of the screenplay and his, uh, his colleague, they were criticized because they dared to turn the Holocaust into a comedy. Um, how dare you do that? It's a tragedy. But see the movie. In that movie, this father loves his wife, and loves his little boy so much that by imagination, he is able to help both of them find a beautiful life and survive the Holocaust. I think that's what Moses has in mind here for us. That's why he made it into the Psalms. Return, Lord. Remake us. Let us see the beauty of your work. Where we're at, doesn't matter if it's the Holocaust. <clears throat> you know, it doesn't matter if it's finals week at USC and you're taking the hardest class you've ever taken in biochemistry. To see the beauty of the Lord, the work of the Lord. And then it has that next nice thing. After you've seen God's work, ask God to let you see your good work stand. Uh, the work of our hands, yes, establish it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Joy comes when God shows us his works, the beauty of his ways and his attributes just enthrall us. Um, joy comes when we see the benefit of our work. That's another source of joy. Now, in the book of Revelation, chapter 15, verses 3 through 4, there's another song. It's the Lamb song. The Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the word. The Lamb whose name is on the book of life. The lamb who comes to put down all evil and introduce um, the eternity with the Lord. Um, and to sing 
the Lamb's song. To sing to the Lord um, who gives beauty for ashes, the oil of gladness for the bitter cup of sadness. That's the Lord. That's the invitation here. That's why Moses gets a psalm uh, to lift us up. Um, How's your life going? You know, as you're sitting there on your couch at home watching on your computer, how's it going? You know, we're still wearing masks. I don't know if you had vaccination. How's work going? How's relationships going? How's your life? Um, How can you make this day count? If your life is turning to ashes, cry out to the Lord, return. You know what God does? He pushes ashes together and he breathes on those ashes in the name of Jesus. And we become a living nephesh, a living soul again. Do you need resold? You can have it now. Let's pray together. Lord, what is the thing you're asking of us, asking of me today? How are you reaching out to me today that I might take your hand, hear your voice, hear your presence? I don't have to leave like I came. I don't have to continue watching and listening as I came. May you make real to me what you want to do in my life as I cry out in the name of Jesus. Return, O Lord. Remake me, reshape me, guide me, direct me. If there's a person in my family who's trying to stumble and live without hope, Lord, please make a way for me to have a conversation with them about Jesus. May they see in me your work, Lord, and how you work, how you prune, how you cut away what's useless growth so that what's fruitful for you and glorifying to you and to others can show forth and I can bear much fruit. Uh, Father, I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Rick. If you haven't already, uh, I encourage you guys to fill out the connection card. You might have a card version, physical version here if you're in the courtyard. Or if you're online, you can find it at civalhambra.com forward slash Sunday. We encourage you to fill it out and uh, tell us a little bit about you, what you're going through, how we can be praying for you. And we hope to connect with you to see where you are at in your spiritual journey. And we hope to come alongside you and give you the information that you need. This next song we're about to sing, it's called Resurrection Power. And as we look back towards our Easter Sunday last week and just all the hope and encouragement that Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross has brought into our lives this is this is spiritual power. This is the power that God can have in our lives to 
help us go get through whatever we are going through and just fill our lives with the joy and the peace that God wants for all of us. So let's uh let's sing this together. You call me from the grave by name. You called me out of all my shame. I see the old has passed away. The new has come. Now I have resurrection power. Living on the inside, Jesus, you have given us freedom. I'm no longer bound by sin and darkness. Living in the light of your goodness, you have given us freedom. I'm dressed in your royalty. Spirit lives in me, and I see my past has been redeemed. The new has come. Now I have resurrection power, living on the inside. Jesus, you have given us freedom. I'm no longer. Sin and darkness, living in the light of your goodness, you have given us freedom. Freedom, you have given us freedom. You have given us freedom. My chains are gone. Freedom, you have given us freedom. You have given Stand together and sing. Freedom, you have given us freedom. You have given us freedom. My chains are gone. Freedom, you have given us freedom. You have given us freedom. Freedom. 
are uh, you're a gracious and powerful God. By your power, we are freed from the shackles of sin. And in you, we can put all of our trust and faith and hope. God, this week, we pray that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your power. Teach us to number our days. Give us a heart of wisdom. And give us the joy of your word and your salvation in our lives. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. All right, let's put our hands together and let's sing this last song. the banner high it's not for me it's all for you let the heavens shake and split the sky let the people clap their hands and cry it's not for us it's all for you Come to 
Sunday. We'll see you next week.